Discover new mind and body hacks to thrive as a human today. The Institute for Aliveness is here to teach you all the things you never learned in school. From talking poop, sex, childhood trauma, emotional intelligence, psychedelics, and of course, fasting and food. This is a podcast that changes lives. Join your host, Dr. Andrea Page, as she travels seven continents to find the most captivating, impactful humans for you. Super fun episode here coming up for you with James McRae, creator of Words Are Vibrations, coming from the marketing advertising industry. He walked into a field of creativity and entrepreneurialism on his own. He now teaches, means, speaks about mimetics, and as he said, is a ambassador for the force of creativity in the world. James and I have a beautiful friendship and uh, you'll have fun over this hour sitting down and shooting the shit about where we are and modern means. World, I am here with Mr. The One, The Only, James McRae, who uh, is the master of mimetics in my mind and uh, has swept up the world, spiritual materialists and budding entrepreneurs alike with his page called this is where i'm supposed to remember it words are vibrations words are vibrations of course so i'm sure it's an account that all of you already follow so you'll be like how didn't you know that andy but words are vibrations is a beautiful meme account uh, that speaks directly into the heart of uh, the modern millennial spiritual condition and uh, flips it back on its head and reminds it not to take life so seriously and James, in his own right, is an artist and an author, amongst other things. Uh, so we'll start there. If you'd like to introduce yourself to the audience, I'd love that. Yeah, no, thanks. Thanks for that introduction, Andy. It's all, it's always great to talk to you. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, I think you covered most of it. I mean, I'm a primarily a writer and an artist. My art these days primarily takes the form of memes. Um, I also like to write books. Um, I like to um, teach classes around creativity, around memes, around um, kind of branding, personal branding and content creation and all these types of things. Um, So yeah, that's kind of um, me in a nutshell. uh, All all things creativity and, and writing has always kind of been my primary mode of expression. And you're hosting open mic nights now in Austin, which I'm so yes. About. We'll be doing one tomorrow night. Um, Austin is such a vibrant, creative community. So I, I just wanted to just mm. host a little open mic night, and then before I know it, I'm just overwhelmed by the talent that comes through the door. You know, because yeah. um, just so many great. I think there's so much great talent in the world honestly. And I think that most of it is unseen because most, I think most people do some degree of writing, some people, you know, some degree of creativity and often it just remains in someone's personal notebook. And, um, you know, it, 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 it's cathartic and it's therapeutic just to create and just to even write in your notebook, but it's even more cathartic and it's even more healing to go that extra step, step and share it. Um, you know, especially in public. So, um, you know, I, 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 healing uh, is a big kind of theme and trend these days, um, you know, healing trauma and spiritual healing and all of these things. And for me, creativity is a healing modality, especially mm, when yeah. you share it in public and you, and you, and you, and you really, it's like, it's kind of like if you suppress an emotion, that emotion will, eventually turn into sickness in your body and it's I think I think creativity is is like that too it's like we all have things to get out and to express and through creativity through poetry through sharing um it actually does kind of transmute the body's energy and and and, and there's a cathartic release that comes along with it so um I'm always just blown away by the the love and the vibes and the um just the the gems that people unearth within themselves and then bring out to share in public it's always a very special event Mm, I love it love it love it yeah we have as you know I think I've shared with you at the Institute for Aliveness we have a very similar strong belief about creativity and creative force being a healing force and when it is suppressed that illness will proliferate in one's body Mm. mind and spirit so yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. I invited you to come to our quarterly creativity festival and teach. It's that it's that same thesis, same thesis. Yeah. Well, we're gonna do it next time. <laughs> He's like, oh, the next one, spring, beautiful. Um, the sun is rising here in Bombay, and I'll uh, just track that with you. It's six thirty a.m. And the, the you're my second call of the day, though, so don't feel special. You're you're definitely one of the least productive and ambitious people I know, but <laughs> I'm, going I'm saying that, that sarcastically yeah. because <laughs> you're always doing a million things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the the sky is like a it's like a pale velvet mauve, and Ooh. the birds are on their nocturnal runs perhaps they're having dinner i wish i could be there the the sun is officially set in austin mm -hmm. um which means the bats are currently probably flying up above the bridge which is <laughs> what they tend to do at sunset okay. mm, i love that bats all right so um there's so much even from your intro that I want to ask about, um, but before we get there, we have a strong thesis at, at TIPA that you can never understand anyone or anything until you understand how they came to be. So the development of things speaks into the actualization and uh, the current presence. And so where were you before you became a meme celebrity, James? I was on a long and winding journey, as we all tend to be. A long and winding road. <laughs> Yeah, like um, there's there's a great saying that like it it takes you know many years to become an overnight success, <laughs> which is very uh -huh. true. I love it. Yeah, you know I've always been doing what I'm doing, but in different forms, meaning writing and creativity. Uh, I grew up in a very small town in Minnesota. Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting, you know, now that I've lived in a bunch of cities, I can kind of look back and reflect on, you know, growing up in a small town and kind of a remote part of the United States. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of pros and cons, you know, I, 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 on one hand, you're kind of missing out on, on the, on the action, so to speak. Um, but also, for me personally, I had a lot of space and freedom to, to wander. And I mean that like both physically and like intellectually, mm -hmm. um, where, you know, it was just a safe place to, 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 to just kind of play and explore and kind of without pressure of, um, you know, get, trying to get into the right elementary school and then high school and then college and this kind of academic pressure that kind of forces people into a state of premature conformity uh, these days, especially in, in bigger cities, you know. So I was blissfully immune to a, a lot of those pressures. Um, and my parents were very permissive of me just kind of exploring and letting my imagination wander and kind of, you know, just imagining all these worlds of my own creation. So um yeah I mean as, as far as far as back as I can remember I've been you know just drawing and painting and started writing poetry in my early teens yeah. and um I kind of never stopped you know I lived in, in Minnesota for a while after my small town it was you know Minneapolis and went to art school in Minneapolis and uh, that kind of, I always say that because I, I, I went to school for graphic design and I always say that like that helped me like sneak into the business world through the back door because like I didn't know the first thing about business or anything like that, you know, but oh, I have this skill called graphic design so I can get hired by advertising agencies mm -hmm. and suddenly I'm like in meetings with CEOs and things like that as a designer and then you, that's just like, and then that's such a valuable education, just, you know, being in those rooms. And um, even the, even if my, you know, role as a graphic designer was limited to a certain thing, you're still soaking up all the knowledge of these, you know, these meetings with all these, a, a variety of different clients in a variety of different industries. And um, you kind of, it's a rapid education. Um, because it's it's such an interesting field, you know. I've worked in a, a few different, you know, marketing and advertising agencies. First as a graphic designer, but then primarily as a brand strategist. 
So, um, you know, I've worked with every industry you could imagine, you know, industries I didn't know existed. So it's just like, I've just sat in those rooms and then um, as a brand strategist, you know, it was more of a, um, a role where I'm kind of, you know, guiding the strategy of, of how this company markets themselves and how they position themselves and how they brand themselves and like um, kind of creating that public face and that message um, and kind of, you know, trying to make companies more human, um, making them more relatable, um, things of that nature. So, um, and that was, uh, that was creative, creative in its own right. You know, I was naming companies, I was coming with marketing campaigns. So it was definitely creative, but it was also like very much within these rigid confines of business and, and marketing. So it, it, I'm very grateful for that experience, but it, like, it wasn't my own, like creativity wasn't my own art, you know? So I kind of like lost track of my own kind of creative path for a while while I was caught up in the grind of the advertising world. And at this point, I'm like living in New York City and working in advertising, which is just like a, it's just very much a, a kind of a grind. Um, and, uh, but then at, at a certain point, like while doing that, I began kind of re-exploring my own creativity. And I think I started doing that when I, um, cause I realized like my, my creativity was very shallow at that time because I was, I was just caught up in the rat race. I was just drinking too much coffee, drinking too much alcohol, um, kind of that whole thing. And then I, I, I started to discover things like Kundalini yoga and meditation and eventually plant medicine. And that kind of really just opened my whole um, perspective and awareness to a much broader point of view, which really allowed me to tap into deeper creativity. Like instead of, you know, if, 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 if ideas are fish, I was like fishing in a shallow pond, but then with these tools like meditation and yoga and plant medicine and the things I was learning and the, and the, you know, reading Ram Dass and reading Terrence McKenna and reading Alan Watts and like all these people just really opening me up. And suddenly I'm like fishing in this vast ocean of consciousness. Right. Mm. So that, that's when I started to work on my own creativity again and I published my first book, uh, Shit Your Ego Says, um, while I was still working in advertising. And um, it just kind of snowballed from there. And during the the COVID crisis, I, I, I kind of re returned to poetry and it was my, um, cause I was just the, the language, I realized the language of poetry, you can say things that you cannot say in any other way like this, cause language can be very limiting. Language can be, can, um, confining language can kind of box you in into a certain things, depending on how you use it. But the language of poetry mm -hmm. is rich with nuance and it's rich with subtlety and metaphor. And I think you can say more in that sort of language than you can in any other. So I really went deep into poetry and around that same time I started making memes because memes are similar to poetry where you can say things, when you make a meme, you can say, thing with a, you can say things with memes that you cannot say with an essay or a lecture because there's something more emotive and that like visceral that comes across in a meme that normal you know human language is it's hard to really elicit um so i feel like yeah. there's a lot of similarities between memes and poetry and their ability to kind of at least hint at or communicate the ineffable or certain feelings and emotions that it's hard to express otherwise. Um, and then, yeah, now I live in Austin, Texas. And um, yeah, now I'm just doing the memes, doing the writing, doing the teaching. And, um, you know, it's kind of funny when you, when you, um, you can kind of look back at your life at certain points and you can see like, like a lot of your, the, the plot leading you to where you are often like kind of appears random in the moment, but then you can kind of, in hindsight, you can piece it together and it all makes sense. And you kind of can utilize all the skills that you learned along the way into what you're doing in the present moment. And um, that's what I feel like I'm doing now. Hmm. So 
All right, thank you for that. Um, update on the sky color here. It's turned into like a sherbet, like second by second as it's turned mm. like an orange sherbet. Um, in, in Austin, the bats call. Um, they probably do. You didn't know that bats are one of the like cities, like one of the icons of Austin. Oh, really? Yeah. That's, that's people like a, <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> I've never seen a bat here, but people do see lots of bats here. Okay. On the to-do list for James McRae. Um, So thank you for sharing that story. And I'm sure many listeners can relate coming from more of a corporate or developed world and allowing their own individual uh, calling nature talents uh, to break free, falling onto the path or stepping, jumping wildly onto the path of entrepreneurialism and uh, landing on their bottom or on their two feet, who knows. Um, and something that you shared um, before before in your intro was about um, working with people and self-branding. And um, I'll, I'll pull up a card of contention uh, I'll send you an article that I wrote a few years ago about self-branding because I think that um, it is one of the kind of toxic residues of um, really the world today. Uh, like I even just got off a call with all women and um, the women were like, I'm a strong, independent woman. I'm smart. And, you know, all these things where as a writer, it's like, hey, wait a minute, show, don't tell. How are you showing up? Who are you? Rather than this kind of loud voice. Mm -hmm. And so... I guess my question to you, because I obviously have um, trust and confidence in you beyond the, the basic, the vanilla, um, it would be that, like, how do you define branding? Because it's not this sense of um, announcement of ego, but rather, how would you yeah, define it? No, definitely not. I mean, it's, it's a tricky thing. You know, I think everything is, um, you know, everything in the world is there's a conscious version of it and there's an unconscious version of it or, or, or like rather like everything exists on multiple levels of consciousness at once. Right. Mm -hmm. And that includes branding, right? Like branding can be a dirty word and it can be an inspiring word depending on how you frame it. Um, and you know, it's not, it's, it's never bad because it just depends on, on where you are. You know, if you're a new business and you don't know anything about branding, you know, it, it can be, you know, any kind of branding direction and education is, is useful. Um, but it can, it, it, it runs the risk of being inauthentic if it's not done right. In other words, like, I mean, the most basic way of describing branding is it's like the public face of a company essentially, or it could be like the public face of a, of a person or an entrepreneur or a, um, an individual as well. And then the, that begs the question, well, why does, especially if you're an individual, right? Like, why do you need like a public face? Like, are, it, why are you constructing an image rather than just being and like expressing your your essence and radiating your being from within as opposed to trying to you know contrive an image to appear different or better than you are that would be kind of like the the negative of like way to look at branding and it can't you know depending on it can it can be that and it, but in my experience like unless it's truly authentic and deep and coming from a place of just truth and sincerity, it's not going to be effective. So the way I think about it is we're all projecting an image into the world at all times, whether we realize it or not. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's about being conscious and intentional about the version of yourself that you're putting out into the world. Because I mean, you can say like, I'm just gonna be myself. And like, yes, well, you should be yourself. Yes. But like, do you know enough about yourself? And do you know the different mm -hmm. layers of yourself? Do you know how to prioritize all the different aspects of you? And, 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 then, and then consciously and intentionally put forward who you, want to, who, who you want to show up in the world as. So if it's not rooted in authenticity, it's not going to work. And it could definitely be counterproductive so I, I just try to empower people to show up as the most authentic version of themselves um, and helping people even come to the realization of who, 
who they truly are on a, on the deepest level, um, and then giving them the tools to show up as that person or as that business or you know it's it's really more about the impact they want to make in in the world and um, you know just excavating that inner purpose and making it seen and making it visible and making it public. Hmm. Yeah. I, I want to acknowledge for the audience that James has a sign behind him that says, be the glitch you want to see in the matrix. <laughs> yeah, I made that too. That's, 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 that's actually a, a piece of art and a phrase that's in my latest book. Love it. We'll put the latest book link here below. Yeah. I love it. Oh yeah, it's all glitchy font. So um, yeah, I mean, there's so much to be said on this, right? We speak a lot at Tifa about um, the unprocessed unconscious. Yeah, so the part of our psyche, which is up to 95% of the psyche as a big forefather of ours, Bruce Lipton says, um, is that unconscious that we're acting from every day and uh, obviously the, the path of self-knowing, self-awareness and the path of consciousness in general um, attempts to take that unknown and to make it known, uh, to make that 95% unconscious a little more conscious, little teeny, teeny fraction of a percent every day. And um, in that journey, many things are discovered, right? In the spiritual journey, many things are discovered. Uh, from the shadow side at Tifa, we look at how the sense of an authentic self um, often can be a reaction, right? a coping technique, a trauma response to things that happened in our early childhood experiences. And when unexamined, right, even our authentic self unexamined, we can live as that reaction. And then at the, um, the light polarized end, right, it would be a divine expression of oneness where there's, you know, you're not anything special and you're just another version of me. And this sense of, well, then what? And that's where, obviously, at TIFA, we try to birth the collective, which is on some days more successful than others. But... Yeah. I mean, I, I just firmly believe that everyone has a purpose and everyone mm. has a superhero within them. Mm -hmm. Like We all have superhero skills. Like, mm -hmm. you know, we all have our, 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 our unique, you know, we all have unique traits that are, you know, we, we take we often take them for granted but i you know i often forget this in my own self like that we all have gifts that are essentially superpowers and it's about learning to yield those superpowers and 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 just being the superpower that the superhero that we are meant to be so i i just love the idea of people becoming the maximum version of their own character Mm, you know, and, and showing up Who with purpose. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, and then just like practical stuff, like we live in the age of social media, right? Like, how do you show up on social media? Like, that's a whole different question. Like, um, you might have a purpose, you might know your purpose, and you might know the impact you want to make in the world. You might, you know, know yourself deeply, but how do you take that being that you are and show up on social media on a regular basis and you might not want to you don't not everyone has to be active on social media um but there's a whole there are all kinds of like blocks and barriers that keep people from expressing themselves especially mm -hmm. online um so i just like to you know that's just like that's something that's helped me a lot is like learning to show up in public and mm -hmm. and you know fearlessly this wasn't something I was always comfortable doing, um, but I feel like I felt like I had to, and I kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed to like show up and like be vulnerable and be authentic. And like, I was always very comfortable, like hiding behind the written word. Right. Cause I've, I've, I've always been a writer. So when you're writing, you can just like take all the time you want, polish, edit to your heart's content, and then put out this perfectly packaged, you know, presentation of your thoughts into the world. I was always very comfortable doing that, but when it came to podcasts, when it came to like recording videos of myself, I had a lot of resistance to doing that, mm. but I just kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed to where I was like, no, you need to like, you need to be seen. You need to put yourself out there. And um, 
it was very uncomfortable at first and now it's easy. So wow. it's just like, it's, yeah, it's just growth. So it's just like, you know, I just, um, that, that's been so valuable to me that I, that's, that, that's for me, that's, an, that's an element of, of branding as well. It's like that content creation or like, you know, having the the courage to show up in public as your most authentic, vulnerable self. Um, very, very hard to do. And it, it takes a lot of, um, kind of experience and trial and error and experimentation to do that. So, um, that's, you know, other things that I love to help, um, my clients with. I love it. So, um, this concept of purpose, it's so romantic, right? We can wax romantic about it all day long, about everyone has their own purpose and this and that, and, you know, so many people are starving, wanting deeply to know their purpose, but have no clue and we, we actually just um, released a free mini course on purpose where people can mm. kind of choose that as the main area in their life that they want to focus on and uh, take them through kind of a regression into uh, early childhood experiences and what they were naturally drawn to and, and things like that. But there's so much evidence. Um, but my, my question to you then is what is your purpose, sir? What is my purpose? Yeah. You know, and it's always, it's always, I think, you know, as we are on our, our path, like our purpose changes and expands and um, takes different shape and texture. Right now, it's really centered around being a ambassador for creativity and art. Mm. Um, I think especially now, it's like, I think it's, it's not very often that I meet someone and they, and they say, I'm an artist. Because I think we've kind of culturally mm-hmm. made that like a um, something that people don't feel comfortable doing. Because like mm-hmm. an artist is almost a lofty thing. And uh, what's the role of art in our society, right? In like the the hyper capitalistic, like productive society that Western civilization is built on. What is the purpose of art? You know, it, it's it 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 can come ac- across as being just a little a little fluffy. Like, what are you like? What what pr- productivity are you driving? You know, what's your business idea? Especially, you know, and and um, so I just think a lot of people have sh- are have sh- have been shying away from exploring art, and and especially from I- identifying themselves as an artist. So I. I think my purpose at the moment is to redeem the idea of art and the idea of claiming the identity of an artist Mm -hmm. and uh, redefining what that means. Mm -hmm. Cause I think, you know, when, uh, you know, what, what what comes to your mind, Andy, when you hear the word artist, like, I I think it's different for everyone. Yeah. I mean, someone who spends their time in the portal of creation rather than the portal of, produ- of production and the way that that looks or the way that that individual could communicate his or herself would be. Totally. Different. Yeah. I mean, I think historically people think of painting mm-hmm. or I guess like sculpture. It's, it's, it's kind of associated with the visual arts because yeah. even like, Oh, I'm a writer. So am I an artist? I'm a mm-hmm. writer, but what I write is art and memes are art. So I think art, I think we need a better definition of art that encompasses multiple formats and mediums. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, an, an app de- developer can be an artist. Um, an entrepreneur can be an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a social media content creator can be an artist. Mm. Yeah. Mm. in the particular outcome of your um you know whatever medium that you work in and now a quick break from our sponsor the institute for aliveness if you'd like to continue your own self-growth process and want to dive into a little bit of your own story and how to tell it as well as unveil your own creativity we do have a creativity course coming up 
It is Creativity and Storytelling. It is Storytelling and Psychedelics with Marissa Stewarts. It begins pretty soon, so make sure to uh, check our site and enroll in that if you're ready to bring your psychedelic experience onto the page or communicate from your soul to deeper write your purpose. Now's the time. Enroll in our psychedelics and storytelling course today. Yep. Yeah. I, and I mean, <laughs> you know me, I'm a bit, I'm a bit jaded about the, <laughs> the spiritual materialist world. So it's also, it is like a label that people can, you know, wear. I'm an artist right? and they can wear and uh, kind of want some intrigue and mystique to be oozing out of their pores. And um, there's something about the specific, because we can switch to talk about memes now, the specific quality of irony and humor woven into art that um, I think kind of captures the human psyche and shakes it right, on its end and uh, reminds us not to, to take ourselves or life so seriously. And, um, and there's not a lot of mystery in that. There's not room for interpretation. It's a direct puncture, if you will, into the, like, the center of um, human positing and anything artificial and so what like how would you describe that specific limb of poetry if you will of memetics that you you tickle oh memes specifically Uh, or anything you want well memes are interesting because i mean there's a couple ways to look at it you know there's internet memes and then there's the science of memetics, which is much greater than an internet meme. Mm. Um, I can just, I'll touch on that briefly, but like memetics is a field of study that was essentially created by Richard Dawkins, uh, who was, uh, ev- who is an evolutionary biologist. He's most famous for being one of the biggest atheists in the world. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Um, he's got a lot of beliefs that I don't agree with, but uh, I I think he's I mean he's 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 objectively brilliant, and he is the he is the one to coin the word meme, um, mm-hmm. in his 1976 book The Selfish Gene, and as a you know he's a biologist so he studies biology and genes, and so he introduced the idea of a meme as analogous to in biology, a gene. So a gene is a very small unit of information that can have, that can have a a, a mutation that will spread and go viral within a biological system. So like the right gene mutation Mm -hmm. um, through natural selection will replicate and spread and become Mm -hmm. the new paradigm of the the gene family within any within any biological system so memes are the same thing in the world of culture and ideas so um, a meme has been described as the smallest unit of an idea Hmm. and they exist in in the mind and they're spread from person to person so like think of like I think like um, one example of meme replication culturally would be like the hippie movement in the 1960s when you know there America was at war with Vietnam and there was all like a lot of government propaganda to you know support that war and then the counterculture came up with memes to essentially fight back so like an example might be like a slogan like make love not war Make love, not war is a meme because it is this tiny little um, distillation of a really big idea um, that can be easily spread and passed on. It can be put on a button. It can be put on a, on a, on a, on a sign. It can be put on a t-shirt and then that spreads rapidly. So like the 1960s culture war, I believe was fought through memes um and like the Beatles all you need is love like that is a meme and like music is a great carrier of memes right because it 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 catches fire and goes viral within a culture so that is um essentially what memes are and what memetics are and then now we have this modern um 
like phenomenon of internet memes because with the basis of memes is replication and and spreading and with digital technology especially social media it's never been easier to replicate and to spread ideas and information and content so internet memes are i guess they are like the art form the memetics takes um and and it's just um it can be a lot of things you know memes can be like a it can be like a, a just a, a phrase it can be a specific image it can be a challenge um it's kind of anything that goes viral online but the when we talk about the memes that i'm making it's like this it's it's um it's just a, it's a, it's basically an image text combination um i mean i think everyone knows what they are <laughs> but um what's interesting about it from an artistic perspective it's like it's really the first native internet art form in a way mm-hmm. and it it speaks the native language of the internet which is you know sarcastic a little bit absurd um because the memes in the internet have always been that way like the fir- like one of the first internet memes in like the in like the 90s was like this dancing baby gif i'm okay, sure yeah, you've seen it that. like you probably remember it like yeah it's just like this little baby gif that's dancing and that's all it is but like in the mid 90s it was like the funniest thing ever because they're like well why is this baby dancing on my screen right now it doesn't make any sense so they thought it was funny and that and then it like it, people would like email it to each other and that was like the early days of memes so like from the beginning internet memes and internet like communication has always been just a little bit absurd a little bit weird um so like internet memes are like are very much tied to internet culture and that's always been like weird inside jokes and like hacker humor and a lot of that still carries over with the the memes that are created today and and really the the tone that they take Wow. I mean, like, you know, you know, my question is always wanting a kind of formula and there is no formula for creativity. Right. So if, if one were to say, well, what is, how do you make a meme, James? It's like, okay, well, probably something about observing human life, observing this phenomenon that happens to all of us and then speaking to it in a very relatable emotive uh, form that's short and punchy if you will um but is there any other you know advice that you would give or you know like encouraging other people to be able to speak into or you know have commentary upon the difficulties and wondrous parts of the modern human existence that can be shared through memes internet memes specifically with memes specifically yeah i mean there are there are a lot of tips and and techniques. I mean, there are some, there are some tips for like creativity in general. Like I think Mm -hmm. like, I think cultivating a good intuition is really important. Mm -hmm. That might be the most important aspect of creativity and that, and how do you um, develop your intuition? Like that's a whole discussion and it's different for everyone, but I think a, a big part of it has to do with, um, learning how to listen and learning how to kind of clean out your consciousness. It's kind of like what you put in comes out. So it's like being protective of your consciousness is, is, is how I would simply describe like how to cultivate your intuition and like learning to listen and not like honestly just starting a meditation practice. So you, so you learn not to get caught up in the mental chatter of your mind but learning to kind of peek beyond that mental chatter. And what I, I, I say it like listening to the space between your thoughts. So you can become, become a conduit for information. So I think this is like the key element of creativity across the board is cultivating intuition. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then the other key 
because it's yin and the yang, right? Like yin is the receptive, like feminine state, which would be like the intuition. So that's super important. But then equally important would be if you really want to do it, being dedicated and showing up on a regular basis and trying things and failing and like developing your style over time and developing your voice over time, which doesn't happen overnight. So um, those are the two biggest cheat codes for creativity would be cultivating your intuition and then showing up on a regular basis and being consistent with your practice um, and trying new things, developing your style. So these are across creativity, all, all formats. And then, and then memes specifically, like I don't want to tell people to spend more time on the internet or more time on their phones because God knows we all spend enough time on the internet and on our phones. But when it comes to making memes specifically, that that really is crucial, like learning the language of the internet, like, you know, following weird Twitter accounts or like, I hate Reddit, but like going into Reddit and like, like going into some of the, 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 the murky corners of the internet or like, <laughs> I'm not going to say 4chan, but like a lot of memes start in weird places like 4chan. I don't go to that one particularly. Oh, that is, but I trust you. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. So um, just like learning the language of the internet and then like just learning how, um, yeah, finding finding the image, the right image is 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 really key. So just um, and then you just need to learn some design skills. You know, like memes don't have to be super fancy, but you do, you do need to know how to manipulate digital imagery to a degree, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, I happen to have gone to, to to design school, so I use you know Photoshop and Illustrator and some of the you know professional tools. But there are a lot of easy free ways to to make memes is just like finding the right mm-hmm. apps and tools that where you can at least get your idea across yeah yeah so what do you think about um the secondhand meme market people who make their living or build their following off of other people's memes um you know it's that there's a lot of that um <laughs> a lot of that <laughs> yeah it, 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 there's nothing wrong with it um i think there there are responsible integral ways of doing that and then there are irresponsible ways of doing it like you know I, you should definitely like tag the content creator and um you know because i think there's memes are meant to be spread right like if someone mm-hmm. shares my meme that's that's the goal that's the goal of the meme like the memes exist to replicate so the more meme replicate replicates the better so i mean honestly like traditionally like before kind of the meme era that i got started in like Mm -hmm. traditionally memes are anonymous Mm -hmm. you know I, i was part of the one of the first waves of 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 memers where we started to like um, watermark our memes with our with, with our handles and that's um mm. you know I feel a way about that because on one hand I'm an artist I'm a writer like I want credit for the ideas that I'm putting out into the world but at the same time the nature of memetics is to replicate and spread and like who created the slogan make love not war no mm-hmm. one knows right someone mm-hmm. someone said that first and he or mm-hmm. she did not get credit and Mm -hmm. who cares because the slogan worked so memes are interesting there's a meme of yoko ono somewhere crying (laughs) it was definitely yoko ono um (laughs) so it's weird i feel so i feel a way where it's like i don't need credit um but you kind of want it and as an artist you want it so I'm to, I'm to the point now where it's like, I don't really care if someone doesn't tag me. I'm just like, mm-hmm. it's fine. Unless they have like 10 million followers and then I'll be like, yo, here I am. <laughs> um, but there's no, there's, it's not a black and white thing, but yeah, there are a lot of um, meme accounts that just repost other people's memes. And um, 
if you, if you do if you do that, it's best to do it with some integrity and and to, and to kind of credit the source. But at the same time, the meme wants to, you know, the meme wants to spread. The meme wants to replicate, and you kind of want what's best for that meme, not for what you're, it's best for your ego. <laughs> you want what's best for that meme. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just if I could go meta on our conversation, there's this overlying tightrope that's being walked especially because the 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 content on on many of your memes is let's say spiritual in nature or of the modern spiritual condition and the modern human condition and um the you know that tightrope is between the aspect of self-branding and let me build my following and my tag versus the creative and the creative force that could never be tagged if you will to an individual because it is something eternal that's more akin to spiritual development at large no exactly so it's 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 yeah it's um it's not black and white it's like um yeah who who can credit the muse that gave me the idea right like (laughs) um so I I try not to worry too much about it again Yoko Ono in the corner (laughs) It always comes back to her. You know, I once, I once, I once uh, rode an elevator with Yoko Ono. Oh wow! Where? One of my favorite New York moments. Oh yeah, yummy! Did you make out with her? <laughs> I, I, we, we made out in the elevator. <laughs> it's pretty, it was pretty rad. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So. One of my final questions, and then I'll ask for anything else that you want to share with the audience. But one of my final questions is a recent meme idea that you had, perhaps in the shower or while you were walking down the street or anything like that. So you can in- invite everyone into the process of, of the creation. So, hmm. mm. Yeah, you know, I haven't been making that many memes lately. I mean, I, I was kind of working on some today. Um, I kind of, I, I tend to like make a bunch at once and then I, and then I kind of, um, I, well, like, I mean, in I full transparency, them. I've been finishing my next book lately. So, um, and working on the, and, the, and the, working on the art from that book. So I haven't been making that many memes, but I guess one thing I've been doing lately, I've, um, I've been liking this idea of making memes that's where it's just text. So like a sent, like in other words like a tweet, because <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, um, because you can like an, the image is so important and the image is so vital and I love using images, but I'm kind of like well the best meme doesn't need an image because like the the text says it all. So I've just been playing around with trying to have these like witty, funny, insightful sentences. Mm-hmm. that um um that speak for themselves so that's kind of been I've been more interested in that lately and then you can decide to put a, a an image on it or not um so I don't know I've just been like trying to think of like some the type of like twitter catchphrases and then I just try to put a spin on it that would um appeal to like my community which like you said is like a a bit on like the the uh the spiritual side but like but like I tweeted this this today and I don't know these just like come to me it's like it just says I'm not unrealistic I just refuse to accept the arbitrary conventions of a disempowering and unconscious society Mm -hmm. So that's the kind of thing like, okay, that's, that's like a good sentence. And I can choose now, like, I could find an image that works for that. Like, I might try to find an image that, like, what would that, I'm not unrealistic. I just refuse to accept the arbitrary conventions of a disempowering and unconscious society. So I could picture like, even like a, like a little kid that looks like a badass. Um, Like an image like that, or even like, Mm. maybe even like an animal could work, but like some image that kind of like, speaks to that sentiment in a funny way Mm -hmm. that's kind of what I would do um and I've got a Pinterest page with like a million images that I could like scan if I wanted to Mm. 
Um, but just because that's my style lately, I'll probably post it with just the text. Just because mm. like it's like it's like minimal. Well, we can't wait to see it posted. Yeah. But yeah, there's like the, the, the two most common ways of doing it would be thinking of a caption like that, and then like finding the image that will pay off the caption, or finding an image that you just know you want to use that image, and then trying to think of a caption for the image. So it kind of could go either, it could, it could, it could go either way. Yeah. Mm, love it. Love it. Hungry for memes. Okay. Is there, is there any last little bits that you'd like to share with the audience? Well, thanks for listening. First of all, it's been a delight spending this time with you all. And, um, he really means me. He means me. <laughs> well, I was, I was just going to say that. I was gonna, and it's always a treat to catch up with you, um, especially from a, a, across the world. So it, it's, I feel like it's always like, where in the world is Carmen San Diego when I uh -huh. talk to you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Love it. <laughs> That's my mean. <laughs> so good. So, words of vibrations at Aroba, words of vibrations. Guys, go out and buy James's books. Yeah. If you haven't read a book in a while, ease your way in through an artistic mimetic book and a book of poetry and uh it'll be a wonderful coffee table surprise and or a gift for that birthday party or that wedding that you're going to maybe not a wedding but birthday party <laughs> uh, or a housewarming mm -hmm. yeah and uh, funerals it's good for everything yeah. <laughs> i'm sure it'd be epic for funerals <laughs> so good uh, James, well, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Um, anyone in Austin, make sure to come out for open mic night. And that's a wrap. Thank you. Yeah. Cheers. So how was it? Did you like it? Thank you so much for listening and joining us for season seven of the Vitality Podcast with the Institute for Aliveness. It is my great pleasure to share these conversations and reflections and my lectures from all over the world with you in the comfort of your own home or on your jogging path or on your way to the grocery store, wherever you might be right now. At the Institute for Aliveness, we are here to hold higher standards for humanity, to kind of cast a light upon the path to evolution, personal evolution that involves much more than just the body or the mind, but really the cohesive, holistic nature, the robustness of who and how we are showing up as a human today and where our personal inventory of our past and what's made us the way we are from a neurological, neurobiological level to a physical level and to take agency for that and decide how we want to drive and where we want to drive in the future. And so there's no like to no day like today to fully embrace and take into account the agency for you and the life that you're living. It may be a beautiful one. We're sending you so much love here from Tifa headquarters and we hope that you'll come and join us for a short course soon. I was listening to that for you. If you learned from or moved by the episode, pay it forward. Go to Apple now and leave a five-star review so others can benefit. Join the Institute for Aliveness for a one-week transformational fasting experience. Consider getting an astrology reading from Andy or enroll in the one-year health coach certification course. Whatever you do, don't let this learning pass you by. Do something now to impact your lifestyle for good.